Okay. Do this real quick. Actually, would you like to do it? Yes. You hold it, and then you bring this up, and then bring it back down. Hi, boys. Hi. Hi, Zachary. Hi. How are you? Good. Zachary, what does family mean to you? That you're all together. Kindness. Loving people. Loving people. Yeah. Around what else? you. Around you. Family is about supporting each other. Through the thick and thin. Family means you're not apart from yourself. Family is is agape love, unconditional love that knows no bounds, and it's it's evidence of God's love for His family and His church. What does family mean to you, Austin? Um, it feels like home. Family hanging out with each other. Hanging out with each other. I love that. I guess here at North Shore, we've got a lot of that uh, kind of family too, through the young adults ministry, and then even through the student, student ministry. Ministries. Like, a lot of the times we get together with people outside of church and we're able to just do life together. And family goes a little bit beyond your wife, your children alone, but the people of God, the church, where you belong, because that's it, the larger family where you belong, you know? I haven't had much of a family most of my life. My wife's family has been pretty much it. They've really taken care of me just as if I was their own son, and I really appreciate that. Miss Michelle, what does family mean to you? You know what, Olatunde, I'm so glad that you asked me. It's love, it's respect, it's being there for one another, and it's just being in the moment with them. Good job! High five, girls. Nothing. Zachary, high five. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. That was so good. That was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Say bye-bye. <laughs> Oh, that is so precious. Good morning. It is good to see you all here today. Um, my name is Damien. I'm on staff here at North Shore. And it is a blessing and an honor to get to spend a few minutes with you guys as we are on week three of our family month. As you can see, our theme is Ohana, uh, which is Hawaiian for family. And today we're going to be focusing on what does it mean to build honor um, in your family? because honor is so important. Um, now, I, I want you to know that I'm gonna be talking to, I'm gonna be talking to the kids today. We don't have, you know, this is gonna be, this is gonna be good, because I'm gonna be talking to the kids, and I'm gonna be talking to uh, parents as well. So parents, you don't get off the hook. Uh, we've got a little something, something for you as well. Um, and I want you to know that I want to acknowledge that uh, family is, uh, is a much bigger definition than just parents and kids. You got grandparents, you got uncles, you got aunties, uh, you got, you got in-laws and steps and different things. And I want you to know that I'm trusting the Lord has a word for all of us um, when it comes to understanding how honor builds a family. So this morning, church, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And I want to invite you to get your Bibles out, get your Bible apps out. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Our ushers are ready to put one in your hands right now. Just raise your hand. They will get it to you. I'm going to be in the English Standard Version, the ESV. So if you're in a different version and, the version and it looks a little different, that's the reason why. All right? So we're going to be starting at verse 41. This is a very unique time um, in Jesus' life. Uh, he's 12 years old, and it's the only story we have of him at this specific age. But Luke shares this story for a specific reason. So, Luke chapter 2, verse 41, let's begin to read. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. 
And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So church, what is honor? Okay, that's, I think that's a real good question because Honor in today's, you know, common cultural settings usually falls into two categories. It either falls into the category of a noun or a verb. So now when we talk about honor as a noun, we're talking about things like reputation, you know, like a good name, um, privilege. Uh, like, like, for instance, I had the honor and privilege of having dinner with the Bergens. Okay, so, you know, you get, the, you get the honor, you get the privilege of being invited into that space. Yes, I did. I said that, didn't I? So you can invite me anytime you want. <laughs> also, honor in that noun form comes in the form of a title. In other words, in a court of law, when you address the judge, you refer to him as your honor. But today we're going to be looking at the verb form of honor. And so, in other words... We're talking about where honor is treating someone with admiration or respect, giving someone special recognition, living up to or fulfilling the terms of, as in honoring a commitment. Because I believe that when honor, the verb, is active in the family, God is pleased. So with that understanding in mind, with honor, who's going to go first? We're going to go with kids. We're going to go with the parents. We're going with the kids because I said so. All right. So. So for our kids who are here today, you might be saying, all right, what does it mean to honor? Who are you supposed to honor? Why does it even matter to honor? And can we go to Mod Pizza for lunch? Okay, you can, but we're going to talk for just a moment. So kids, what is your part when it comes to helping build honor in your family? Got a couple things for you today. The first one is honor your parents. Now, you might be sitting here going, duh, I've heard that before. Well, we're going to talk for just a moment about this. Because why? Because when you obey your parents, you build trust. I want you guys to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, if you'd like to turn with me. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read it for us. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes in just very, very simple words what is very commonly known and understood within the Jewish community. And it was this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Any questions? All right, let's move on to the second point. No. Guys, listen. 
Obeying your parents, it's a simple command, but it's not particularly easy. But can I speak to you for just a moment as a parent? Why? Because I am one. And I've been one for a while now. And do you understand that when you do what your parents ask you to do, can I tell you that that matters so much to us? It does. It's huge for us when, when you do that. Because whether or not you realize it, you are actually building trust with us. Okay? It's, it's like, so we, we ask you to do this thing, and when you do that thing, and we go, oh, man, he just knocked that out of the park. I wonder if there's something that I could do for my child, whom in this particular moment I love. <laughs> and we not only want to trust you, we need to trust you. Because here's why. You're not going to stay a kid or a child much longer. You're going to continue to grow. And as you grow, it is our responsibility as your parents to begin to give you responsibility that you can take on. Things that have to do with like keeping your house clean, keeping your house secure, making sure the doors are locked and the windows are closed, the alarm is set. I mean, yeah, that sounds like that's grown-up stuff, but one day you're going to be one of those, a grown-up. And we want to help you understand that when you obey us, we're able to trust you with this next thing, and then this next thing, and then this next thing, and then here's the weird part. We want to do stuff for you that we haven't even thought of. I know, parent, most, most of us parents, that's a little secret we just gave out right there, that we have this all planned out. We don't. But when you obey us, all of a sudden, other doors start becoming available of things that we want to be able to do for you. Second thing, kids, is this, submitting to your parents. Why? Because this shows respect. Now, we're going to go back to now to that story that we had read about Jesus in Luke chapter 2. Now, let's, let, let, let's think about this. Jesus is 12 years old, and at 12 years old, you have a pretty good idea when mom and dad and everybody that you just journeyed from Nazareth to Jerusalem with are no longer there. So you're not sitting there going, oh, mother, father, I hardly missed you. No, you know they left and you stayed. Now, what happened over those next days? It says that he was in the temple and he was talking and with the teachers and everything. But there's more to that story because that was several days he was there. That meant he needed a place to sleep. That meant somebody fed him, took care of him. Okay, because he's still 12. All right, he doesn't have it all figured out. But now I want to go ahead and flip this over to the parent's side on this. Your child, whom you love has been out of your eyesight and care and responsibility for not one, because it was one day's journey before they figured out that he was gone. Then they had to get back to Jerusalem. If my math works right, that's another day's journey. Then when they got to Jerusalem, they had to search for him, not one, not two, but three days. That's a total, if my math works right, of five days. No child. Now, I want you to understand, Joseph and Mary were not negligent. All right, they're not bad parents. They were traveling with a whole group of folks. And in that group of folks, kids were probably wandering around and doing different things. And so you could travel a day and go, Jesus is fine. He's okay. 
And can you imagine that night when it's like, Joseph, go get the boy, it's time to eat. I thought you had him. No, I'm not having him, I'm over here getting dinner ready. Go find him. Okay. And then they don't find him. As a parent, I, this is just, my heart, is, my chest gets so tight. Oh my gosh. I mean, this isn't like your child missing inside a store. Okay. Because my youngest one, this is what he used to do. You know those turnstiles that have clothes on them? He thought it was fun to go crawl in the middle of it and hide. Oh, I'm not alone in this. Hallelujah. He thought that was the funnest thing and it drove us. We're walking around the stores yelling his name. And the louder we got, he thought the more fun the game got. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So if you'll notice here, it does not say that Jesus and his parents had a good conversation where they were able to persuade him to come home. It says that they went back to Nazareth and he went with them and was submissive to them. Now, why does Luke mention this? And this is what I think is important, church, and for our kids today. Jesus understood that he didn't have just one father. He had two. He had a heavenly father. But he also understood that he had earthly parents that he had been given to. And Jesus is a young Jewish boy, so he knows what the laws are. He knows what the law is for him, which is he's supposed to honor his mother and his father. So instead of getting into this, oh yeah, no, mama was mad enough. I love the way they put this. How could you do this to your father and I? <laughs> I, something tells me there was more to that, but he said, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be in my father's house. And they went back to Nazareth and it says he was submissive to them. And I think the reason why he did that was to fulfill God's law in the sight of others. I think others needed to see that in submission to his heavenly father, he was going to be in submission to his earthly parents. All right, kids, the last thing that you can do to help build honor in your family is this. Do it as unto the Lord. Now, that sounds like one of those churchy things. But what's the purpose behind doing it as unto the Lord? It's because it engages your heart. Okay? Now, look. When the Lord gave commandments, he didn't do it just because he could. He did it because he knew what was in our best interest, and to this day, he still does. And the carrying out of those commands matters because what matters even more is the heart behind the action. So in other words, when we tell you to take out the garbage, which everybody, even grown folks, love to do. No, we don't. But when we tell you to take out the garbage and we get, I don't feel like taking out the garbage. I don't understand why I have to take out the garbage. You should be able to take out the garbage. I'm only going to do it because you are making me do it. I want you to understand that as your parents, we feel that. We hear it. We see it. We feel it. And there's nothing in those moments that we enjoy. There's nothing in those moments that we just brush off. But we breathe with you. We stay with you. We love you. 
Because we know one day, as an adult, you're going to create garbage. And it's going to be in your home. And we don't want you to stand there and go, so who's going to come take care of this? I don't even know how this got here. We want you to understand and know what it is that you need to do. But please know this. When the moments happen that we ask you to do something, especially that you don't want to do, and you simply stop and do it. If you really don't like it, we get it. But if you can stop and say, Lord, I'm going to do this because you asked me to obey and to submit to my parents. And if you just go ahead and knock it out and then go on about your way, I'm going to trust that the Lord will be pleased and that something is going to begin to change in your heart. I have to trust that because, you see, the Lord... He was real good at giving commands, but there was always the heart behind the commands, and that always got lost. It was just simply for Israel, let's just do what God said do. But the Lord said, you missed the heart behind it. And hallelujah, Jesus came to help us see his heart. Last thing, kids, for you on this, if you do this obeying of your parents, submitting to your parents, there's a promise. I was going to say there's a prize or there's a bonus, but no, there's a promise. Ephesians chapter 6, let's go back there, verses 2 and 3. Here, I'll read it for you real quick. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So that's not even Damien making that up. That's simply what Scripture says. There it is. And here's the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, as a kid, when you hear that you may live long, you're thinking, I'm going to live forever. I'm a child. I fall and break things and they heal. I can leap through glass and I can live. I can jump off a roof and I'm fine. But then you get older and you realize not only was that stupid, you just can't do that anymore. Or maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. That promise comes straight from the Lord our God. He's the one who created that promise. All the way back in Exodus when he was giving his commands to Israel. He said in Exodus chapter 20, honor your mother and your father. That it may be well with you and you may live long in the land that I am about to give you. And the Lord God always keeps his promises. Parents, let's talk. All right. So this is where things are about to get, as my son is prone to say, going to get a little spicy. Okay? So buckle up. All right, parents, when it comes to your part in helping build honor in your family, you can do it by obeying the Lord. Because it builds trust. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound like what we just said about what our kids should be doing? But here's the difference. See, the Lord doesn't need to trust you. You need to trust the Lord. It works the other way around for us. See, the Lord's will is going to be the Lord's will, and he's going to do what he needs to do. He's not sitting back waiting to trust you. What he's waiting for you to do and for us to do, for me to do, is to trust him. 
in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These words, you probably heard them over and over again. I hope that in this context, they will have some real weight for you today. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. When you obey the Lord and afterwards see the fruit of what he's doing, you, you know that, that same God whose thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Yeah, that God. <clears throat> what happens? What happens is the next time we need to trust him, we now have something that we can look back over our shoulder and remember that when we obeyed him, how the Lord showed up and he demonstrated to us that, yes, you can trust me. If this sounds kind of familiar, like Israel in the Old Testament, whom the Lord did thing after thing after thing for, just demonstrating how much he loves them, and they would stop in the moment and go, oh, God, we love you. You are amazing. You are glorious. You are wonderful. Squirrel. <laughs> and then there they go. And then God would grab them. Just didn't I tell you, stop going over there. Come back over here with me. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. You are glorious. You are wonderful. We love you so much. Squirrel. <laughs> and it's amazing how that happened over and over and over again, you can almost refer to Israel as professional forgetters. <laughs> you just think about that. Think about how good they were at forgetting who God was over and over again. If you've read through the Old Testament, I know there has to be a point where you go, man, when were they just going to get it? Because if you, you think about it, I mean, we're smarter than that, right? Because we would never stop and forget what the Lord has done for us? Uh-oh. Okay. Like I said, buckle up. Obedience to God seriously improves our memory because we remember that by doing so, we build our trust and our faith in him. Second thing, parents. Submitting to one another shows surrender. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And starting in, verse, in chapter 5, he starts it out by saying, be imitators of Christ. And then he begins to write and direct them and show them, here's how you can do that. Here's what this looks like. And at the end of chapter 5, he finishes it with these nine words, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, remember one of the definitions of honor is treating someone with admiration or respect giving someone special recognition. And so what literally Paul is saying here is, submit to one another, not out of honor and reverence for them, but out of honor and reverence for Jesus Christ, your Lord. So you look at that, you go, Damien, that's a little, that's a little light. That's a little short. That's nine words. I need a little more than that. Excellent. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. 
Oh, Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite chapters in Scripture. The book of Romans is one of the most amazing books. If you haven't gone through it, do so. Do not do it by yourself. Do it with somebody who can guide you through it because Paul writes a letter to them that is unlike anything else. And in chapter 12, he basically gives some, some specific instruction on your life. I call it the lifestyle chapter is what Romans 12 is. But in chapter, in verse 10 of Romans 12, he says this, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So in other words, Paul doesn't even say honor one another. He says, no, compete, compete. Oh, you did this for me, Rodney? Well, guess what? Here's what I'm going to do for you. He says, outdo one another showing honor. Need more scripture? Excellent. Fly on down to verse 17. Same chapter. Verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Church, parents, everybody, let's sit with this for a moment. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Please notice that he does not say, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of those who agree with us. He does not say, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of those who I like. He says, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. All. Still need some more scripture? Good. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, here's what Paul says to the church in Philippi, starting with verse 1. He says, so, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Church, when it comes to submitting to one another, it's kind of hard to do that if you're on top looking down. That's a tough place to submit. When you speak down to, you look down on. See, if we're to honor, we're actually called to lift them up higher than ourselves. Not Damien's words. This is what scripture just told us to do. So let me ask you, can you honor someone and be angry at them at the same time? Can you honor someone and reduce them in the eyes of others? Now I question whether or not to ask this next question. Holy Spirit didn't tell me no, so here we go. Can you honor the Lord while going on social media to yell and scream and rant about your rights? Now, I say that because if Jesus is Lord, 
we belong to him. And we abdicate our rights to his lordship. Notice this doesn't have anything to do with anything of a particular color or in a particular location. This is about Jesus being our Lord. Based on the Jesus that I read in scripture, based on the Jesus that Paul teaches about, can you do those things and still honor someone? And the answer is no. Not based on what scripture says. We are actually called to hold a very different posture. Based on what scripture says, biblical honor requires others being placed above ourselves, or in other words, church, just simply submitting to one another. And does this mean you surrender yourself to Jesus? Yes. Okay, so what does that mean that I have to surrender myself? Well, who holds the reins? Who's in the driver's seat? Jesus or you? Like I said, this was going to get a little spicy. Church, I'm actually now going to go ahead and I'm going to take this now to another step higher and harder. So walk with me here. And this is the last thing, parents, that you can do to help build honor in your family, and it is this. Let your kids see you doing it. Let your kids see you doing it. When you are called to obey the Lord, let them see you obey him. When you are called to submit to one another, displaying surrender to Jesus. Let them see you do it. Church, well, then hang on just a quick second. Kids, if I can just have your attention for a quick second, you need to know something, that to the parents that are sitting next to you, you are precious to them. For them on this earth, there, you, there is nothing more precious than you. Even to the point where if we needed to give our lives in order to save yours, done. We wouldn't even give it a second thought. We wouldn't. And you might sit and think, I don't know, with all the chores that I've gotten, getting on me about this and about that, I don't know, that doesn't feel like, I know. But we do it because we love you and because you are precious to us. And we have a window of time with you. Now, parents and everybody else who has influence in a child's life. We are a church here of disciples who make disciples. And a lot of us have struggled with that making disciples part. How do I do that? Is somebody going to show me how to do that? Well, for those younger ones in your home and within your scope of influence, guess what you have? You have disciples that you are making. So my question for you is this. What are they seeing you do? Who are they seeing you be? 
do they get to hear you honor the Lord through your words? Do they get to see and experience by your decision-making things that you do in surrender and in submission to Jesus as your Lord? Because everything that you do is discipling your children. When you do obey and submit, and when you don't. Now, I have to tell you this. For me right now, I am in a very specific window that I've never been in before in my life, and I've been waiting for this for years. (sighs) Almost 19 years ago, the Lord gave me this precious little boy right here. He's five years old in this picture. Uh, My wife's going to straighten me out on this, on whether this is kindergarten or first grade. I'm pretty sure this is kindergarten because of the gingerbread thing that's pinned to this front. It has his name on it. I remember this day. I was the one who took that picture. And he is precious to me. All my boys are precious to me. I just happened to find this one because of the timing of where we are. Because now in this next picture, you're going to see where we are today. He is a graduate of Cascade High School. And in just a couple of weeks, he and I are getting ready to get on a plane to fly down to Phoenix, Arizona. He's enrolled as a freshman at Grand Canyon University. Now, here's the tough part. I'm the only one getting up on a plane and coming back. So everything that I have displayed to him that he has seen me do, did I do enough? Did I let him see me honor the Lord, obey the Lord, submit to the Lord? Did, were those, were those the, the crux of honor in our family? Did he see me speak well of somebody I didn't agree with? Or did he see me reduce them? Did he see me understand when sin was present and I confessed that it was and repented of that? See, everything that I've done at this point is a book I don't get to go back and rewrite. The Lord doesn't give me an eraser. I don't get to go delete, delete, delete. Let me go ahead and re-edit that. It's done. So how well have I discipled him through my life as his father and what he has seen in me? On September 4th, I'm going to find out. Because that's when I'm going to hug him. I'm going to tell him I love you. And I'm going to get in the car and drive to the airport. I got to be straight with you. Oh, that's going to be hard. Because I love him, but because the question, answering that question of did I do enough? Did I say enough? Was I enough Jesus for him? Well, I'm going to find out starting that day and him moving forward. Parents, you have an opportunity right now.
If you don't feel that you have been doing that, you have today to begin to start a new chapter of building honor in your family. And kids, you get to be a part of that as well. The cost is high in being Jesus and doing and presenting biblical honor in. Because Jesus said in Matthew 16, if anyone would follow me, he's gonna have to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That is what Jesus said. And the math on that has never changed. Honor, biblical honor is available for us to do it. And how we get there, the steps are pretty simple. They're just not easy. So we get to do this together as a community, as a family, as a church. And um, we're going to have some folks up here to pray with you if you would like to pray with someone to help you do this. And can I encourage you to consider this? If your child is with you and you don't want to leave them there, bring your child with you. Let's pray together. Let's go before the Lord together and begin to do something that maybe we've never intentionally done before and that is to build our family on honor according to what Scripture has called us to do. But let's do it 